Hello and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. Tonight we will be talking about Ronin by Emma Maiko Candon. Hope I said that right. Someone let me know if I didn't. My name is Beth Van Dusen and with me as always are Ryan Schweck and Chad J. Shank. Over to you, Chad. Just your reminder that this is a book club and not a review show. So we will be talking as if you have either done the reading or don't care about spoilers. In addition to that, we might be talking about anything else Star Wars, spoiling anything else Star Wars. That has been your spoiler warning. Ryan, anything going on? We got stuff from all over the various medias this week. So over in the video games department, uh, that game Eclipse we had talked about, that's one of the, you know, Walking Dead kind of telltale text adventure, whatever you call it, games. It's going to be set in the High Republic. So Uh. we are full high speed pushing High Republic these days. Another thing I saw that I definitely think that you and Beth will be interested in. I did not know. Apparently there is a company called Limited Run Games who puts out hard copies of games that are released digitally. And so they are going to put out a physical copy of KOTOR, the remaster, for PC and Switch only. Um, A pre-order is coming out, will start November 19th, and will only go through January 2nd. And it is the only way you can buy this. So I thought that was kind of cool cool for people like physical media. For us olds. Yeah. I I don't need the physical media. I might for my shelf. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's fair. And to save, like, if you're going to get it on the Switch, I don't have a Switch. I don't either. I don't think they have a lot of memory. So, like, having KOTOR physical, that means you could kind of carry it around and not take a bunch of memory up on your Switch. Yeah, when when I had it on my Kindle, I had to delete a bunch of movies and pretty much everything but a few books to have room for it on my Kindle. I would like to apologize. I have more than one Star Wars shelf. So I should have said shelves. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be an amateur. Yeah, it's not just it's not just one. Not just one. <laughs> Over on the book side of things. Okay. So the Halcyon. You know, it's the ship. It's the hotel based on a ship that will now apparently be force fed to us all through the High Republic. It will be in three books of the next wave. It's going to be in the Mission to Disaster book, the Battle of Starlight book, and the Midnight Horizon book, and have a primary role in what we're not even hiding anymore. So, again, spoiler warning, we're now straight up putting out pictures of them evacuating Starlight Beacon. Yeah. <laughs> Aboard yeah. the Halcyon. Like, I've seen pictures of it blowing up already. Yeah, like, and I guess, you know, with the titles, it's not like it was a big secret or anything, but... Could have pretended. Well, and what's important is what the characters go through, so I get that. But right. uh, s- still, like I, it's found very interesting. Over on the toy side. Okay. Well, there's two things for toys. One, on Disney Shop, which is like an app and a website, you can. We had talked last week about these new Disney exclusives that were coming out. And initially when these box sets came out last time, there was a pretty big window. You could only buy them in the park. 
Well, they decided this time they're not doing that. So they all went up for pre-order today. You can get the Disney exclusive sets right now. I got the creature one that's got, you know, it's got some porgs and a Minoc and... We know how you love those porgs. Yep, I have like four porgs already. Uh, I looked at them. I didn't. I didn't pick any of them up because none of them were interesting enough for me. But yeah, that would have been the one just because of Salacious Crumb. Well, and that's why I got it because, like we said last time, he used to be an exclusive, so I need him. They also put out a pretty awesome Life Day orb that you can buy that lights up. <laughs> uh, which I, I mean, I kind of want one. I definitely want one. And what I did hey, not as realize, we record this, this is Life Day. This is Life Day. That's why we're able to talk about all this. Um, I did not realize. Apparently, I think I read it was 2015. Some fans went to Galaxy's Edge and essentially had an almost an impromptu Life Day celebration where they had these things. And so that's kind of where this is coming from. And now Disney has embraced this and. I guess at the park, you can go and buy this orb and everybody stands outside in the dark with their life day orb. I totally want to see this. We have not. Lucas's seen- shame has become more money. <laughs> yeah. We have not seen the Black Series life day figures. It was rumored we would see them today. We know they're there. Everyone has seen the listings for these things. Our last thing in the toy section. Look, we got to talk about the HasLab Rancor. This thing yeah. is being mismanaged like nobody's business and they are currently in crisis mode. So they already weren't getting the best numbers in the world, but eh, has labs have been doing this where like it's days kind of low and everybody freaks out. And then last like four days, all of a sudden mainly the international buyers start to buy it and then it goes over great. But what has happened with this one is the stretch goals, which I think we've already talked about. The first was a Gamorrean guard, which great. Most people that are buying the Rancor already have that. And then they put out the second stretch goal, which was a bag of bones. A pile of bones, yeah. You you get, you know, there's a Twi'lek skull in there. There's a human skull. There's a Tauntaun skull. There's like the leg bone and what looks like a pile of Rancor poop. And then the other exciting, and somebody had to write the copy for this saying it was exciting, was a diorama, which essentially is just a picture that should be the back of the packaging. Yeah. <laughs> People are pissed. And it actually has dropped the numbers. Instead of going up, the Rancor is now going down. And so Hasbro is in full panic mode and today announced they will be having a special HasLab event to show us the rest of the tiers. You know, there's two more unlocks. We assume... One is Malekith and the other one, people are wanting Ula, which... That'd be cool. It would. And Ula's not one they would put out in stores, most likely. If they're going to put out Hut Slayer Leia, then right. they really can't put out Ula, right? Yeah. So we'll see what happens Friday, but they are getting a lot of negative things about this Rancor. Someone is desperately putting together a Malekili prototype <laughs> as we speak. Well... And so what people are starting to think may have happened, they released, HasLab has like several things going on right now. There's a G.I. Joe one. There's a Ghostbusters one. The Rancor kind of got leaked. Somebody said something, they think, when they weren't supposed to, and it pushed up their timetable. And that's why every time they show it, it's not as finished as the rest of the HasLab stuff. And so people kind of think that's what's happening also. They just weren't ready for this. But Got caught flat-footed. Yeah, it's going to look real bad if this thing doesn't pass. There's only been one other HasLab that has not met the goal. 
What was that? The Cookie Monster, which was really cool. But it was like a basically like a real cookie monster, like a life-size thing. It was really neat. Right. Did not pass. Okay. In movie news, just a couple of quick things. Oh, Kathleen Kennedy got herself a three-year contract extension, which, you know, was up in the air. I'm not necessarily surprised. Nah. But I thought it might have. I thought they might give it to Favreau. But who knows if Favreau turned it down or what happened. So we get to stick around with her for a little while. Now, on the Hollownet side of it, on the fake hollow, it is going around that Rogue Squadron was not canceled because of Patty Jenkins having a scheduled conflict, but it was a conflict with Jenkins and the story group around what that movie was going to be and when it was going to take place, which we talked about last time. Like, that Yeah, that we did. Yeah. But it's coming out from pretty reliable sources. That that is what happened. And then in our final Disney Plus segment, two things. Stupid old Obi-Wan didn't put a trailer out, even though people thought they were going to. Yeah, what the hell, Ryan? You got my hopes up. Right. Well, so that whole like Star Wars kind of got the shaft on Disney Plus Day because yeah. Marvel was looking yeah. strong. And Disney was like, Well, here's the Boba Fett special, and here's a sizzle the sizzle reel of Obi-Wan, which was like five pieces of concept art. And you and McGregor being like, I can't wait to be Obi Wan again. Yeah, awesome. Where is Andor? Yeah. Oh, they did announce Andor will come out between July and September of 22. So we have a. Jesus Christ, that's so long. We have a window at least now. It's so far away. It is. Uh, Obi Wan, I mean, the biggest thing was we got to see the still of Vader and Obi Wan and them having a rematch. I am still anti them fighting again, but we'll see. We'll see what form it takes. It's yeah. going to happen. Um, and then in the final piece of news, which I think is very exciting. So that Boba Fett under the helmet special. Did y'all watch it? Nah. Not yet. No. Oh my goodness. I'll watch right. it eventually. I'm, well, I'm going to, I, I promised I would and I forgot. Spoiler warning folks. Then if you haven't seen it for not really a spoiler. All right. Blah, blah, blah. It's fine. Boba Fett, whatever. There's like an interesting thing about him being in a parade in California before the holiday special. Who cares? Exciting part. So they talk about the holiday special. They show Lumpy and they show part of the special for a second. And it sure is in high def. It is not the versions of this we have seen. It is a cleaned up clip of the holiday special, which means. Oh my God, are they doing a re release? It exists. I don't know. When that hit it, I was like, whoa, 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 and like pause it because it's real quick. They just mention it, and then you see, like, when Lumpy goes to watch the Boba Fett cartoon part, remember that? Yeah. They show that for about five seconds, but it is a very cleaned-up version of that. So, I mean, that's a step forward. At least we are now showing and admitting that Lumpy exists, which is more than they would do a few years ago. Well, no, he's canon. He's been canon since Aftermath came out. Well, no, no, no. That he is. But, I mean... Them admitting this part of the holiday special. Gotcha, okay. They used to just not talk about it. Now, I don't think they're going to ever put it out with them singing and some some of the rougher parts of the holiday special. I would like to say for the record, I am okay with celebrating Life Day. I am okay with these life day figures and the orbs i'm okay with them putting out the holiday special in in 4k if they can do it uh for everyone to see but let's be very clear it's terrible it's not it's not misunderstood it's not even that kitschy 
it's terrible. <laughs> a few parts aside that are kind of fun, kind of goofy. Um, and the cartoon is at least interesting. There are parts of it that make me physically cringe to watch. I so feel like let's just not let's just not like retroactively say like, oh, oh finally. No, <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that they might finally acknowledge it. I, I feel at this point, it's almost like part of the holiday special viewing experience that you get some kind of shady link that like might put a virus on your computer or it might be the terrible holiday special. And you'll see. Like, <laughs> yes. that's part oh, of the viewing experience. Like a crappy <laughs> yes. copy of it on like a yeah. knockoff YouTube site from Russia. <laughs> like, I think you can easily torrent it these days. You can. I bought my first copy at Dragon Con from a real shady dude with a booth full of VHSs. I missed that booth at Dragon Con. Or at all yeah. cons. Like, Those dudes were always so shady, though. They really were. <laughs> What's like, the- hey, 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 you want that movie where Terry Hatcher gets naked? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would sell movies just because it had celebrity nude scenes in them that were like lesser oh, known. Really crappy like covers that obviously have been printed off on a low, low on color and toner printer. <laughs> and like, <laughs> oh, and there was never prices on things. It would say like two for 30, but then they'd be like, yeah, but if you buy two right now, you can have it for 25. <laughs> and <you'd be> like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you done? <laughs> All right. Um, real quick comic check in, in our, this week's, War of the Bounty Hunters less comic update. High Republic number 11 by Scott and Jaunty uh, features Keeve and Avar Kiss in a particularly harrowing encounter with both Lorna D and the Leveler, actually. And Skier, still not okay. The Trando was going down a real bad path, and even he knows it. High Republic Adventures, the monster at Temple Peak number four of four by uh, Scott and Stott. It's the last time I get to say that. That's sad. Finishing up Ty York's adventure. I was about to tell you that this was a fun ride and let you get to know Ty better. And it has some cool monster fighting, but wasn't essential uh, HR reading. Uh, But then I got to the end. And yeah, if you want to know why Ty isn't a Jedi anymore, it's in this book. Wasn't a bad issue. High Republic Adventures number 10 by Older and Bruno. The chaos on um, Dakodana continues uh, while it has characters like Ram and Zine and Lula and uh, Mas Kanata still. It focuses on Quart, the Jedi with the uh, little skull mask. Um, both his past and his present. And we may even see him without his mask for the very first time. Um, I'm hoping they're going to continue this series once the um, deal with IDW expires. And then back in modern times, Dr. Afra by Wong and Jung. Again, not more of the bounty hunters. It's all about the fallout from it uh, and the return of Crimson Dawn. But Afra is back working with Domina Tog. Actually, not with, sorry, for Domina Tog, who is currently purging the ranks of her company uh, of anyone that may have an allegiance to Lady Kira. That's that's what's going to be the big story coming up here in Star Wars is is uh, that Crimson Dawn is every Crimson Dawn is Hydra. <laughs> I think is what they're going to is what they're doing. Is Crimson Dawn is Hydra? That that there are Crimson Dawn agents everywhere, and we just don't know it. It looks like Chelly and Santa are getting pretty close again, and that makes me happy. Uh, but yeah, Chelly is back on the hunt, breaking into places, looking for artifacts, getting into trouble, not giving a shit about Han Solo. It's great. Uh, we've said it before, but Alyssa Wong is doing a great job with this book and these characters. Um, I still take back what I said about her after the first issue. I do too. I, listen, I was I was with you, man. I didn't love the first issue, but she's really taken the hold of that book, and it's 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 a lot of fun. But that's that was all for comics this week.
All right, so tonight we're going for a twofer. We're going to talk about the Star Wars Vision show, and then we're going to get to the Visions novel, Ronin. So to start, we wanted to go through and talk about the different episodes of Visions. Just out of the gate, I would like to say that I know little to nothing about anime. Um, I have seen Akira like everybody else has, (laughs) and... um, it's always the it's always Akira. Yep, and uh, I used to watch Big O when it came on Adult Swim, and there was that one time at a high school party someone showed me tentacle porn. So that is about what I got. So we're going to go through and just talk a little bit about each episode. We're going to start off, we are going to skip the duel, which is, you know, the first one, but that's because we are going to talk about Ronin and Kairu at length at the end of this episode. The book basically has a synopsis of the of the short film. Right. Yeah, yeah. The first two chapters of the book. So the first episode or second episode, I guess technically, Tatooine Rhapsody, which I guess do we need to say the production company because they're kind of authors, I guess. Not that it yeah. means anything to me, but Studio Colorido. Um, you know, it's the pop punk Star Wars. <laughs> Now, Chad has said, and I definitely agree, so you have the option on this. You can watch all of these in subtitled in the Japanese, or you can watch the American dubs. This one works so much better in the original Japanese. Yeah, because then they actually sound like Sum 41 at the end. Yeah. As opposed to like a Japanese version of Sum 41. Come on, shout it out! Don't care what side you're on. No clue where do we go from here. There'll be no more words, only laughter. Come on. I didn't have time to go back and watch it in Japanese and I really wish I had because I think I'd probably like it better in Japanese than in English this was not my favorite overdubbing <laughs> yeah I, I love this one though it's silly um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun it, I will say this, it's the only one that seems to be in canon yeah there's nothing in it that can't be canon um, other than I don't know if Hutt's actually played guitars or I've never seen a microphone lightsaber whatever that was kyber lights. Kyber lightsaber. Whatever that thing was. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was fine. Like, I thought it was entertaining. I expected myself not to like this one because it's more like the k poppy kitty or one. Yeah, but I really yeah. like it. I don't know. It has a nice message, and, and, it, and it's very, you know, I think all of these are still striving for, uh, lack of a better term, like a Star Wars soul to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, uh, Star Wars Explained mentioned it too. Like, this one could be canon. So is that Rec Punk? That is not rec punk. Is, is this no pop you know, rec punk? It, it, it could be pop. It could be pop rec punk. It is not. It is not made on salvaged parts of spacecraft. Isn't That's that true. what rec punk is made from? It's made from like salvage. Mm-hmm. They, they got that stuff at Guitar Center. I like this one. Shows that Jabba has turned the pod racing coliseum into his public execution area (laughs) that's what they're there for yeah i thought that was kind of cool like i said i mean it it kind of fit in but uh i'm a fan of the hut his buddy the hut the the, because the whole idea right is the the hut wants to play his music 
Uh-huh. But he, uh, but Jabba's his uncle, I guess. Yes. Or something yeah. like that. And he's been ignoring the family business too long, doing his, his rock and roll. And they're like, no, you got to come home and be a gangster. Yeah, but isn't he threatening to kill him at one point? That's, well, they're huts. It's okay. They're huts. Yeah. It's all right. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I, I like Tatooine Rhapsody. Yeah. All right. So episode three is The Twins by yes. Trigger. I will say, I think The Twins was my one I liked the least. Wow. Out of all the episodes. I love this one. Do you? Yeah. It's so big. It's so big. I guess it's more like your traditional, like kind of crazy anime stuff. Like with that crazy ship that they have to power. And then at the end, all this. It's just a, it's a Gemini class Star Destroyer. It's just two Star Destroyers joined at the hip. Could, could it be that the reason it seems so crazy is this trigger animation company was birthed from Gynax, who did like Evangelion and, and a lot of those crazy space animes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at Beth kicking out the anime knowledge. Well, okay, Gynax did Fully Cooly, which is one of my favorite animes of all time. So that's the only reason I know. And I kind of recognized the style a little bit, so I looked it up to see who the hell Trigger was. And I was like, oh, they broke off from Gynax. That explains why they look familiar. Because who hasn't seen some Evangelion? Everybody's seen at least an episode. I think... Allison Brie and Neil Patrick Harris should dub every anime ever. I thought they were great when they were screaming at each other. That was good. Where were you planning on going with that, Kare? To a galaxy far, far away. Don't be a fool. Hand me the power core, and I'll forget that this ever happened. Master Kare, this is quite disappointing. Now hand it over. What do you want with the power core? Are you planning to turn it over to the Republic? The Galactic Empire. Or the Republic. I couldn't care less about either one of them! I thought all that stuff was really good. I love the ending when he he makes that gigantic lightsaber that like (laughs) cuts through space and time. (laughs) I loved it. It was so insane. And and it was the first episode, actually, of the uh, of the show, since it's episode number three, that I watched it and I was like, oh, we're not in Star. We're not in the same timeline. We're not yeah. in the same world. Like, like the duel is is what it is. But the twins, it's like, oh, no, because the twins is basically the story of Star Wars in like 18 minutes. Yeah. It's got the force powered twins. And it's I don't know. I loved how huge it was and how over the top it was. I'm not. I don't know a ton about anime either. Beth just schooled me completely. But if if they're going to lean into this, like, give me... I like the fact that we get a variety, and this was the yelly one. Such beauty. Such power. This energy will be a beacon of hope for the galaxy. Now come to me, Kyber Crystal! I won't let you have it. This power it holds is anything but hope. The only thing that this crystal can possibly bring is despair! You know, like I know, I know that there are yelly anime. Yeah. (laughs) Where people are yelling. And this was the yelling one. And I enjoyed the yelling one. And I thought the visuals were pretty spectacular. Yeah, this one, if you'd asked me to like what a traditional anime was, this is what I would have thought of. Because like you said, somebody in the air going, ah, like. 
there's lasers everywhere. But I will give it to like I said, I, I watched I watched the whole show first in Japanese and the whole show again in English. And I'm telling you, Allison Brie and Neil Patrick Harris kick ass in this episode. They kick ass. They are great. <laughs> Do you think I fear death? No, don't. Did you forget Kare? We are twins born from the dark side of the force. We were made to bring back order with this power that transcends even death itself. Must I remind you of the purpose of your birth? Don't do this. If you use that crystal, its power will end up completely engulfing you. Listen to me, Anne. You have to stop this or it will destroy you. Oh, I'll prove you wrong, brother. Don't you worry. Just watch. All right. Our next episode was The Village Bride by Kinema Citrus. I like this one. Like... I liked, I think this one was really good because it felt like there was so much other stuff that kind of hinted at, like there was a much more lived in world. Yeah. Much like the first one. Yeah. 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 This, this was my, after seeing the duel and tattooing Rhapsody and the twins didn't really do it for me, but the village bride felt like we were back in, back in a world rather than back in trying to run adjacent to a world. Um, I really like the designs on that one with their mask and how they did the sabers and stuff. But I'm always a sucker for like a masked person revealing themselves to be a Jedi at the end or something. Yeah, that's always fun. Someone who's trying to stay away, just like with the with the first story, uh, just like with the duel, right? Someone who's trying to stay out of it. And they, they just keep pulling me back in. He's pulling me back in like Al Pacino. <laughs> what are you? Some kind of a monster? I am a Jedi. So I'd say like Village Bride, kind of middle of the pack. Like I would, I would say I think it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's good, but there's not a bunch to say about it. I don't. The next one was the Ninth Jedi by Production IG. Now Ninth Jedi is what we had talked about in a previous episode. This was basically written as a almost a pilot. Like he wants to make a movie out of this. Please do. Like, yeah, yeah, I would watch this movie. <laughs> I really like the Night Jedi. And then when the like, you know, the twist happens that they're all Sith. Yeah. I was like, oh, I totally should have seen that coming. But yeah. <laughs> I absolutely did not. And that's awesome. I kind of like that idea of the lightsaber changes colors depending on who holds it. I've tempered the kyber crystals on each lightsaber so it reflects the user's connection with the force. The color and the length will vary depending on the Jedi using it. I guess my connection to the Force isn't strong enough since the blade doesn't have any real color. Hmm. You do have some natural talent with a lightsaber card, but your connection will grow in time with proper training. Remember that while the Force exists in every living thing, only those individuals who develop their connection to it will have the power to wield it. But you won't need to worry about all that quite yet. I guess so. I really like that. Yeah. Because it gives you that amazing reveal when they all pick them up. Yeah. It's such such a smart storytelling thing to, mm-hmm. to, to have it where they, they light that if you're if you're a Sith and you pick up any lightsaber it glows red, they hand them all those lightsabers and then just they just all come on red and you're the, the little the daughter, right? Yeah. Is there and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> like and then when she gets hers and it like she had, and when she has it, and they're like, it kind of, it's kind of a flickering white when she's using it before yeah. she kind of, before she kind of unlocks her her force abilities, right? Then when she's in the fight at the end, I think it turns blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was almost like a phantom lightsaber kind of went through. The yeah, it looked like the dark saber a little bit. Yeah, right? there was yeah, a little yeah. Bit of that. But uh, no, I think this one is probably the best one. 
Yeah, I like the one guy's turns purple where he's not like quite Sith. Yeah, exactly. He's somewhere between blue and red. Now, the image at the end of like the lightsaber of the galaxy, that was that was a little much. But yeah, hey, a little bit. A little you know, bit. it's fine. I will definitely take more stories in this galaxy, though, in this yeah. timeline. I'm very curious in what their image is of this bigger picture. Yeah, because, I mean, it definitely seems like the Sith are the dominant force in the galaxy like yeah I want oh, I, I, yeah or there or nobody's i don't know yeah i don't know it was a very intriguing look into a timeline mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I i have a feeling we're going to see more of because i believe this is one of the most well received of the shorts yeah just from what i've seen online well and i'd like to see follow-up like ronin has done really well the book like they should do more of these visions novels like i would read the 10th jedi <laughs> so. i'm surprised there's no like I guess it would be too close to have done comics, but you know yeah. they could they could continue the storylines in comic. I mean, they do. I mean, they do release those manga books, right? Mm-hmm. They could even do that. You know, they could make us read manga by uh, doing sequels to the Ninth <sighs> Jedi. You know? I've tried to read the manga, the uh, Lost Stars one, and I just couldn't get into it. I'm reading that uh, High Republic one. All right, yeah, I need to. All right, so Ninth Jedi definitely towards the top of the list. If not the yes. top of the list. Yeah. Um, next, we got... Now, I guess it's supposed to be Toby. To- Toby one. I mean, the minute the minute I saw him and was like, oh, he's trying to be a real boy, and his name is T-O-B... Oh, his name's Toby! <laughs> Science Saru is who made this one. It's also... It's, it can also be read, though, like Shakespeare, like 2B. Oh! oh. As well, Dude. right? Yeah. So there's a, couple of, there's a couple of layers with his name there. Oh. It was a good one. I liked the animation on it. Like the rain thing was really cool. Who doesn't want to see Astro Boy with a fucking lightsaber? Yeah. Huh? What am I drawing? Well, obviously it's a Jedi Knight. Yeah! Is this from a Jedi Knight? T-O-B-1! All the little helper droids were so cute. They were. I thought, I thought other droids that we've seen in, in live action and cartoons are cute before, but damn, those are some cute droids. I, I I love this one. I I love the like I said that because Astro Boy is one thing anime that I have seen a bunch of, and so it 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 filled that gap for me. And yeah, it's adorable, but it's also sad in a way that you can kind of only be when you have adorable characters like this. Mm-hmm. I was genuinely felt joy when he became a Jedi. By the will of the Force, Toby rise as a true. Jedi, and may the Force be with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very excited for Toby, and I loved at the end when he like he puts all the experiments in the spaceship. We will continue our research and the Professor's legacy of helping planets, because that's what Jedi do. Oh yeah, that was the really other cool. Yeah. And they're I, like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I think I said awe more times during this episode than I've said in a long time because it was oh, the droids are so cute. Oh, he's a Jedi. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. I don't even know if they do that anymore. But <laughs> if they still had Saturday morning cartoons, I would watch Toby every week. Disney Plus is where all that is now. Yeah, they, they stream that now, Chad. Disney Plus, give me a give me a Toby series. Just give me a kid's show that like my kids could watch showing with Toby as he traverses the galaxy. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. All right, episode seven, The Elder, once again by Trigger. I wanted to like The Elder a lot. I like the idea of the Elder a lot. The execution just wasn't 
as good as I wanted it to be, if that makes sense. It, it felt like it was a, a tiny sliver of a story, whereas so many of these either felt like a good chunk of a story. And yeah, there's something might come before and something might come after, but you got a good chunk of it. This felt like little slices of a story. And I don't feel like it was complete on its own because I just, it was over and I was just like, what? And it was happening and I was going, wait, what? Did I just like stroke out for a minute and miss some stuff? I just liked the Padawan's name was Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it was Dan. Look, Mas- Master Douglas taught us that they don't all got to be fancy. I, it's really all I got on this one. I didn't make much of an impression on me, but I did remember that the guy's name was Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Like, the idea, like, I like the designs on it, and then I watched it, yeah. and I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, good enough. Yeah. All right, moving on. Elder bot towards the bottom of the list. I would say. Speaking of also, well, I don't know how I feel. I go back and forth on the next one. So episode eight is Lop and Ocho, which is, <laughs> yep. uh, you know, it's the bunny one. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's anime. They got to have a bunny. Yeah, they have to have something for creepy dudes to get sexual about. <laughs> Look, creepy dudes are going to sex it up anyway. There are humanoid bunnies in the Star Wars galaxy. That is true. His, his uh-huh. name was Jack. His name was Jackson. I think they should have made Lop green. <laughs> or is Ocho the rabbit? I can't remember. Lop is the rabbit. Okay. I I did actually like this one. Oh yeah, I like this one too. Uh, yeah, I ended up liking the story of it. Like the whole who's going to be the leader of the family and yeah, these two sisters and well, it's actually not even that right. It's the it's the father versus the one sister. Right. I can't believe you attacked the imperial base. It is the empire who polluted our sea and pillaged our land. I've watched the planet of my youth be stripped and exploited, and it has to stop right now. Over the old ways and the new ways, joining the empire, resisting it, and then the lop caught in the middle. I get it. You know, I love this planet. And I love Papa, too. And as his heir, that's exactly why I have to turn to the Empire. For the sake of our future. Papa doesn't get it. But leave it to me. I know how to take care of the household. Uh, that fam- The family sword was badass. Yeah, with the blade sword. with the etching on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. The blade was awesome. Oh, uh, when, when, when Ocho saw that she had given her, that the dad had given her the sword. Uh-huh. Even though she's adopted. Ooh. So that's the one. Somebody has already made that sword. Like it's, really, <laughs> yeah. And I can't tell if it's for sale because it was on display at some convention. Was it Adam Savage? It is awesome looking. <laughs> like they kind of pulled it out, and I was like, "Whoa!" If they sold that as a Force FX, I would definitely think about buying it. I'm assuming we're going to see like the Force effects from the duel, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe one of the samurai yeah, looking ones. I can ones. see that. I mean, it's a cool hilt. It's mm-hmm. also like, that's also a pretty premium item for something that we'll see how popular it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. Depends on if they keep going. Yeah, I know it did really well, but still. And then our last episode was, um, how do you say it? Akiri? Akari? Kiri? Akakiri. Akakiri. Yeah. Akakiri. You know, it's by Science Saru. It wasn't, I think, the strongest one to end on. I really liked the animation in it, though. Yeah, and it had it had some cool it had like B wings in it, right? Yeah. And like some cool recognizable stuff. I this one again left didn't leave a whole big didn't leave a huge impression on me. Yeah. I've seen it twice now. I mean, isn't it kind of the story of Anakin's fall? He ends up following the bad guy to bring a girl back to life. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's still good. I, I did enjoy this one. 
Yeah. They got the big brains on Beth. <laughs> I know three things about anime and I caught a reference. But yeah, overall, so Visions, I enjoyed it. You know, it sounds like they're going to do another season of it. They're going to expand some of these. So I definitely like to see more of these. There are some that I like more than others, but I really did enjoy at the end of the day, the, the entire experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even the ones that we liked a little less, I did like. And so, uh, yeah, I was not looking forward to this at all. It was one of those things where you're like, hey, this is going to be really cool for people who like this stuff. I'm just not one of those people. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's okay. It's not for me. And then I watched it and I was like, this is totally for me. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't mind if they kept going with some of these ones that they've they've already done. I wouldn't mind if they brought in even other studios or use the same studios and just make new stories. Do whatever you want with it. This is fun, and I'm, I'm willing to go for whatever ride they want to go on. And, and you know, and, and like we'll talk about with the book, kind of refreshing. Yeah. You know, like, to, to it took me a couple of episodes to, like, shed my Star Wars knowledge, you know, like, shed the fact that I was watching something Star Wars. Yes, and, especially and, in the book. And give into it. Yeah, especially in the book as well, you know, and give into it. Um, that, that, that takes a little bit of an adjustment when you're as kind of deep into the regular Star Wars as we are. I think, I want to say production IG has something to do with some kind of Pokemon something. Pokemon Destiny, Pokemon Movie Black, Vicente, something. Pokemon stuff I've never seen, but they do something with Pokemon. Detective Pikachu? Did they do no, that? No, no. Okay. I didn't see that either. You don't look like one of the villagers who dares face me. Just a simple wanderer. I better hurry. It's been a long time since I killed a Jedi. So, Ronan tells the story of a stolen briefcase and how Harvey Keitel... Wait. (laughs) That is the wrong Ronan. Our book starts by expanding the first episode of Visions by following the nameless Ronan and her destroyed B5 as he protects the village and kills the Sith bandit and collects her kyber. The book adds in that he has a dark passenger in the form of a Sith witch who leads him towards his target but also towards his doom. After leaving the town, he meets up with a mass traveler who goes with him to the next village, eventually turning him over to the Empire and then saving him from the resurrected Sith bandit Koru, now who has a witch voice of her own. Ronan escapes with the traveler aboard the ship the Poor Crow with pilot Akai and a grandma warrior named Che. We learn that this was all a setup to get Ronan's help. Backstory time! In the world of Ronan, the Empire is overseen by an emperor who has two sons who are princes who, under them, have lords including Jedi. A sect of the Jedi left, not wanting to serve, forming the Sith, led by the Dark Lord, who you will never guess who it is, along with a witch who overtook the Imperial throne world, Rezu, with the help of undead Sith demons. From there, the Sith disappeared along with the planet. Akai and the group are searching for 
the lost world so that she can return the kyber crystal art of people whose ancestors lost their world. Ronan eventually agrees, struggling with the Sith witch voice, and off they go. They travel to the planet Dakin, a tourist spot with a whole bunch of shrines. They arrive at the same time as Jedi Lord Henry. The Traveler and Ronan go underneath the shrine, which is a grotto of the dead, and find out that the relic to find the missing world is gone. Ronan reveals that he had come there to die after he left the Sith, but decided, with the help of the witch, to go kill some Sith first. Meanwhile, Koru surprises Akia at the skiff that she stole to get to the grotto, kills some Jedi, and they go for backup slash kill Ronan. The Ronin and the Traveler exit the shrine to find that they have been set up, and Jedi Lord Henry is waiting for them. Shay, turns out, also works for him, and she finds off the Traveler, who Henry knows, while Ronin fights Henry. Turns out, it all turns into a big mess, and ends with Koru crashing his ship down with dead Jedi brought back to life, thanks to the Sith Witch. They escape. Lord Jedi takes Ronin um, prisoner, and he awakens upon Henry's uh, dreadnought, and learns that he wants to help him lead the Jedi away from the Emperor and his two sons, who are on the brink of war. Kairu and Akira sneak aboard the poor crow to get onto the dreadnought and arrive just as Ronan starts going crazy and wrecking the place with his force powers. We also learn that the Traveler is Hendry's son and that his name is Itzura, who left the Jedi and actually has the relic that was missing. Oh, and surprise, the Ronin is actually the Dark Lord, who turned against his Sith. What in the name of Darth Revan are you talking about? Who would have thought? He goes all nuts and starts force destroying the ship. Kyra comes after him, but decides to abandon her revenge to help Shay save some Jedi kids, and they all escape on the Black Crow. Turns out Azura had the artifact all along in his lightsaber, and Ronan uses it to find the lost planet. Once they get there, they fight towards the capital, towards the mirror shrine, where the witch will be against various Sith ghosts. Eventually, it's just Koru, Azura, and Ronan. Koru fights off the demons on the last bridge towards the shrine, and Azura cuts it, making her fall. She finally gives in to the Sith witch's urges, and falls into a place that surprisingly sounds a little bit like the world between worlds. As she falls, the ancestor crystals are finally set free, and we learn that the voice telling the kill hasn't been the witch, but her daughter. When the Ronin turned on him, the witch used her powers and the mirror to disappear the planet, and the witch became one with it to protect her. Ronin and Azura get to the mirror temple, and we learn that Ronin turned on the Sith because he looked into the mirror and saw nothing but war. We also learned that Azura had come to this place before and had trained Ronan the Witch daughter Mahiri. However, he too looked in the mirror and saw that she planned to burn the galaxy and that Ronan is the only one that could stop her. She has been using her voice to set up Ronan to kill Jedi and Sith so that she could resurrect them for her demon army. Azura approaches the Ronan but fades into the force, leaving him with the last shard to complete the mirror. He puts it in and prepares to offer himself to his daughter, holding out his saber. As she goes to stab him, he grabs her, pulls him back along with the planet into the galaxy, and shatters the mirror. We find out that all the people of the world have returned, believing they were only gone for weeks and not decades. 
Ronan sets out on the pork row with his daughter, teaching her how to build a stable, a saber with plans to stop the princes and the Jedi, along with force ghosts of Azura and Koru at their side. The end. Well, there's a lot that goes on in this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what I found is really hard about summarizing this book is that it's so much world building in the background that it's... Yeah. With other that books, part's going to be hard to get across. It just yeah, it's so hard to make sense of. I mean, if you want to know what it feels like, watch the duel. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just yeah. saying, like, like at least we have the duel to go off of. Yeah, it is like we Chad was saying earlier. Like in the beginning, it's so hard to let go of what you know about Star Wars yeah. because the words are there: Sith, Jedi, Emperor, all that stuff. But it's way different. How the yeah. force works is way different. Was it the, the dark, the dark currents and the bright white flare and the dark the white currents. flare and the dark currents? Which I like that. I like that. By the way, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and are the Jedi kind of bad guys? They don't seem like good guys. The first thing I wrote down was who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. I don't think there are. Like, I think the bad guys is the Emperor. I think you're right. Yeah, the princes seem to be the bad guys. I don't think there are any good guys either. I think some are. I think they do a good job. Like I know when they're in the at the shrine, one thing I really liked about who the Jedi are in this is Koru's like coming across and they just run by her. Like she's ready to fight and they completely ignore her to go save people. Right. And she's right. kinda like, Oh yeah, like they're Jedi. Yeah, I guess they're I guess that's true. I think you're like mid level Jedi is good. But then you get to people like Lord Harai, Henry, or however you say it, like yeah. he is all wrapped up in politics. Shocker! Even in this book, the Jedi get messed up when they <laughs> messed up when they mess up when they get involved in politics. Yeah, yeah, yep. you're right. I had a very hard time shedding. Not a hard time, but it, it it took a while. Man, it's just you use those words, and I'm so used to those words meaning other things. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. It, it was very hard to acclimate. I found this, I liked this book, but I found it to be a long read. Like it took me a while to get through it. I did too. I did not complain about the extra time to read it because that middle chunk was, it was tough. One thing I wanted to bring up ahead of time, and I did like this book, but I, I want to tread carefully because now a lot of what this is, is the, the author, she is blending Japanese traditional stories with Star Wars. And I, I think that's great. She is a little too in love with words. And I know as a writer, like I, the, the, my biggest problem with this book was sadly how it was written. There were times where I got lost in her prose. Yes. Chapter 29, just real quick when she was, uh, the, the, the Ronin has basically torn apart this starship on his own. And he's, he's caused the, the destruction of the starship as it's falling apart. The reverend no longer needed help in order to die. No lone entity could reverse the disaster. The Ronin had designed it to transcend the singular, so it did. Now he, singular within it, couldn't even envision the entirety of the failure. <laughs> it's just a lot. It is. It's a just lot. a lot. There are times when flowery prose is appropriate, and there are times when it's it's out of place and it feels off. And action scenes are, are big set pieces that you can, you know, try to picture in your head, they kind of have a way of getting 
muddied down with too many words. It, it takes it out of the action and puts it into a, a thing of inaction. I mean, we grew up in the South. We've all tried Faulkner. Like I can read, I can read yeah. challenging things, you know, <laughs> I can read challenging works. This isn't challenging. It's just sometimes the words they get in the way of what she's trying to say. Yeah. They get, they get into way like they're not paint. They, they are sadly to me, at least they're not painting a clear picture. They're actually fogging it up. I was going to say, yeah, they get in the way of the clear picture that she wants there to be. I think that especially happens towards the end. Like when I had no idea what was happening in the last couple chapters. Yeah. When Zuru like cuts the bridge and Karu falls, like that was really unclear. Exactly. I had to go back and read it a few times to figure out exactly what had happened. And I've reread several times what happens with uh, Zura at the end. And he just kind of disappears. Like, well, you just read the whole thing and I still don't know what happens at the end. He essentially, the traveler shows back up, looks like he's going to kill him, fades into the forest, gives him back the mirror shard. He puts it in, heals the mirror, sees his daughter says, all right, you can kill me. And then when she goes to stab me, grabs her and pulls her back through the mirror. Out of the mirror. Breaks it and brings the world back with him. Don't you love it when they just introduce things like that without setting them up at all? Yeah. yeah the last couple chapters, I had no idea who was alive and who was dead. <laughs> no, I still <laughs> don't all. know. At all. You said something about him being on the ship with Force Ghosts at the end. Who are, who are Force Ghosts at the end? Uh, the Traveler and Koru, I think. Yes. Yeah. Were, were manifestations of the whatever ghost thing that they were doing the whole time. But his daughter's still alive. Yes. yes. Yeah, and we both say that with a hint of doubt. No, she's yeah. definitely alive because now she's ready to murder. And he's like, yeah, I'll help you build a lightsaber, I guess. And she's like, we're going to go kill Jedi? Sure. Let's go. Well, he's got a lot of fathering to make up for. Did he know he had a kid? There's so it's kind of hinted at. Is when it you first start to get when you first find out that he's the Dark Lord and he turns? The witch says something that basically kind of like hints at yeah, she's pregnant. Yeah, I missed that. That's like halfway through, or I can't even remember. Like, the whole time, like I say, they try to hide that he's the Dark Lord, but come on now. We all knew. Page one. We all knew he was Theon the whole time. Yeah, like, <laughs> clearly you're the Dark Lord. Um, it, rhyme, it rhymes with meek. <laughs> it's either that or it's a KOTOR reversal. Like, I mean, there's a little bit of KOTOR there, right? That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. I like the world overall. Like, I liked her setup of what the Jedi are and what the Sith were. I think with the Sith, like it it ran into problems with like the Sith are just supposed to be these Jedi that were like, yeah, we're not going to work for the government anymore. We're going to go be Sith. And then to make like Koru and then these like evil bandits, they couldn't decide. I think like, do you want the Sith to be these evil people or do you just want them to be a sect of Jedi? And that's never really clear. Yeah, I mean, the book is called Ronin. They use the word Ronin in the book, right? Yes. To describe him. A Ronin is, a, in Japanese, is a samurai without a master. Mm-hmm. Aren't all the Sith in here Ronin then? I guess or do so, they still yeah. have, or, or do they have feudal lords? Because this is a melding of Star Wars and feudal Japan. 
Well, right. So there are lords and warlords, and everyone has and has their houses they're loyal to, and everything, and the lords they're loyal to. If they're following him, he's their lord. So maybe they, I guess they're not Ronin because they're following a, a lord, even uh, okay. if he's a bad lord. Yeah. Well, right. but they're not following him anymore at this point. Well, no, no, they're all dead or yeah, trying I mean, to kill him. Yeah, he has a name, and they just don't ever say it. Like he says, he won't go by his name anymore. He's forsaken it. Whatever. Like once he sees what he did. What did he do? He killed them all. So he, when he saw the mirror, he saw what was going to happen. And he saw right. what the witch had done and that they would be fighting forever. And so yeah, he turned yeah, on yeah. him and started killing a bunch of Sith. And that's when the witch said, nope, and somehow became a planet. And took it into <laughs> some other part of space using the mirror. I swear, I sw- if you're listening to this, I swear I read it. I did, I really did. <laughs> yeah. And well, I paid attention. I am assuming just because my extensive knowledge of the three to four Japanese horror movies I've seen, mirrors seem to have like significance. There's, I think there's a lot of mirror stuff. It reminded me almost of the old Marvel comics or the, some old EU stuff where it just kept getting crazier and weirder. Yes. As it went along and like it's, and it got to a level of weird that I'm not used to in star Wars even. And it got exponentially weirder <laughs> as it went on, you know, all of a sudden, Oh, the whole time he's been another person and all the, Oh, it gets very soapy. Uh-huh. Too, right. Like, Oh, here's the long lost daughter and all this stuff. And, yeah. and the well, Sith, witch was really your baby mama the whole time or whatever. You know? And by the time you get to the end, they're on a phantom planet being chased by the ghosts of the dead. And yes. then Kairu falls into, I don't know what, <laughs> like that part. I'm still unclear. All I know, it sounded a whole lot like the world between worlds. Cause she talks about like, it's black and there's white circles. And I was like, Oh, okay. I thought then, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Then the Kyber start falling through it and letting the spirits free. Like, I could see him trying to like tie it together. But yeah, it gets real weird there towards the end. Well, having missed whatever subtle hint they were giving towards her being pregnant, I was just completely caught off guard by the end when I was just like, wait, what? Daughter? Wait, did we get any hint of this? You can't just throw a daughter in there. (laughs) But apparently they can. I think it's in there. I think some of it's just buried in the language. Yeah. Well, they, they do cram a lot in without really getting very far. They cram a lot of story into the middle two sections of this book. The first fourth of this book is the episode of Visions and then getting him started on his path. The last quarter of the book is them wrapping it all up. And then in the middle, they're not really going to very many places, but a lot is happening and it's a lot of story. And it's a lot of very dense story that is very hard to unpack when you don't know who's who and what's what. And then I listened to part of it on my Kindle and they keep saying, um, she keeps saying they when referring to the traveler. And I'm like, okay, are we talking about the singular they? Are we talking about the plural they? Because they're traveling as a group as well. So it's hard to, when I wasn't looking at the words and trying to really slow my reading down, like think it all through. That gets difficult when you read it too. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, having the they, like, and I don't know that it's a f- not a fault, but due to her writing that makes it a little unclear sometimes. 
but yeah, like it is odd how like the, the first part they kind of, they have the episode and then they kind of are on the ship for a while and he kind of trains with Shay and not a lot happens. And then in the end, all of a sudden a whole lot happens in those last like 30 pages. It's snowballs, man. Yeah. It's snowballs. And stuff I was like really interested in. Like I would like to have read a whole lot more about Zuri or the traveler, like when they were training the daughter, like that part sounds really interesting. There's like a whole nother book there about him finding this girl who is, he's trying to train as a Jedi. Like he never was. And she loses her mind basically. And is going to resurrect demons to kill the universe. And they just, but but accidentally at first. Yeah. 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 And then they just kind of skip over that. Like I would have liked to know a whole lot more about that. Yeah, I, when I got lost in the middle two sections of the book, it pulled me back in at the end because it's not only does the prose work better when we're in the wrap up section, but the story was more interesting because there was resolution of the characters we'd already met and explanations somewhat of the characters that we'd already met and had been scratching our heads over the entire book. But then they set up his daughter and I was like, oh, we're going to get to know more more about her. Oh, wait, it's the end. Uh I I think it makes it difficult, too, because the traveler. Who they concentrate on a lot. Part of that story is that they're missing part of their memories. And they're also an unreliable narrator and kind of messing with the Ronin. And that can make it difficult, too, because there's parts. It's almost like she's trying to confuse you as a reader. I was just going to say, I, I'm going to cop to something. I think that part of the reason I had a little bit of trouble with this book was that I have this show and another podcast and Star Wars books are literally all I read right now. It's all I read. Like, I don't have time to read other things. And I think I think I had a hard time adjusting to reading a not Star Wars book. That makes sense. Like, because mm-hmm. it's not a Star Wars book. And all the stuff that I know about Star Wars doesn't apply. Uh-huh. So I felt very untethered in it. And that's not, I don't think that's the fault of the book. I just think that my brain is trained to be only living right now in Star Wars, in this place that I thoroughly understand. And maybe I would have to read it again to really fully take in the world because I just, I don't know how it's I'm I'm saying I'm not, this is a confession. I don't know if I can do that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, you know, if you threw a, if you threw a, um, you know, Robert Jordan book in front of me, I don't know if I could do it. Like, I don't know if I could read, uh, I, I I'm having, it, it just, I don't know. I said I had a hard time switching modes because yeah. it was not a star Wars book in the way that I know them. I'll say I had to like take a pause. Cause I had the same problem in the beginning too. And had to like really divorce, like don't think about how Star Wars normally works. Because like even the force itself in this book is so different because it's not a dark side and a light side. The Sith don't use one and the Jedi don't use another. They both use both and there's like a harmony to it. And you always have the black current and the white flame. And like, it's a very yin and yang concept and kind of which power comes from which side and kind of once i like divorced myself better of thinking about it i enjoyed the book much much more i'm like figuring out how this stuff works and i think the last like half of it doesn't give you a chance to think too much anyway so you that's why i think you can get a little bit more into it there at Mm -hmm. the end you know because because at that point you don't care about any of that stuff 
that point, you're, there's so much going on. You're just trying to keep up with the action. I, I thought it was a little soapy with all the like reveals. I did like the idea, though, that we had watched this short film about this badass Ronin coming into town. I mean, it's, it's obviously a reference to um, uh, Yojimbo, the Kurosawa movie or Fistful of Dollars. Right. And um, coming into town and, and messing up the Sith Witch. But I like the idea that he kills the Sith Witch and he takes her Kyber and then like he walks away, end of short film, and then next scene she stands up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool idea. Because <laughs> we had because we had watched her because this because we had seen this fight already. So it was very clever that like now, you know, to you keep using her as the villain despite the fact that she appeared to be dead. I also enjoyed the subplot of the Ronin can't turn his lightsaber off. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> that's an awesome scabbard if it can hold a lightsaber I did think that was funny that like it, it, something that's like basic probably the most like kind of iconic badass shot of the entire series of visions is the shot where he's putting his where he pulls his lightsaber out of the scabbard right uh-huh. and in this book she's like well that shouldn't do that and fixes it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's because he sucks like he can't figure out yeah. how to fix it yeah <laughs> so. yeah so and, something that looked so like crazy and out, out of place in the uh, in the short film is <laughs> like oh no I'll just I'll just your switch is f- fucked up let's <laughs> and Kuru fixes it right up she's like what is this I'm like yeah, yeah. I was disappointed because you know in the duel which we didn't talk about too much you know and they talk about in the book that the Sith in this had all these attachments and so. She had an umbrella attachment for her lightsaber so she could spin around the lightsaber. But they talked about a bunch more, and I wish they had put more of that stuff in it. Like, I think they mentioned yeah. one had a lightsaber fan um, yeah. at some point, but I wish they'd had more of that stuff. And I liked he had the two swords. He had the scabbard and the his regular sword. Didn't he have three? Didn't he have a backup to his backup? No, I thought he just had two. Oh, did he? Yeah, he just yeah, had his- two. I thought at the end there he revealed like a third one. I don't remember. Can we, are we ever going to get a Star Wars story without a spunky astromech as a sidekick? I, no. Is it just required? Uh-huh. I mean, B5 was fine. I, I like the idea of a, dro- a droid praying and, and being the um the mother uh, hen. Yeah. Oh, see, I like the idea of a droid with a hat. That's what well, I was going to say. <laughs> I, like I mean, the hat. the hat seems nice. I liked the hat in the cartoon. That's one thing I'm surprised you don't see more is people dressing up their droids. Yeah. If you when you see how people treat their pets. Do you have like a life day outfit for your droid? Right. He's got the you put the smock on him, right? And then like but just, you know, little kids would be like, I mean, my my daughters would be playing makeup with it all day long. Like, you know, it, you ha- you have a droid come out of a family of four and it's got makeup on its face and glitter and you know, <laughs> it's wearing a princess dress like and I think she was pretty restrained with B5. Like, he wasn't, like, the over-the-top, like we see no. sometimes. And I do like that he got pissed at Ronan and wouldn't talk to him for a while. And <laughs> yeah. no, but he was still royal, uh, loyal to him. Yeah, he made real good friends with the rest of the crew of the ship. Uh-huh. And just ignored Ronan for a long time. Oh, I wish I had marked. Because I really liked, um, what's her name? Akia. Yeah, I did too. And there's one line she says. I wish I had marked it. (laughs) 
Okay, we'll just cut all yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, Chad. <laughs> We're making you make cuts for nothing. No payoff to this. I know. It's a really good line, too. I wish I had marked it down. I just can't find it. Uh, I don't even know where I was at or what we were talking about. Now I'm just thinking about this stupid quote. That <laughs> um, no, but overall, like I liked it. I don't know. I kind of go back and forth if I would want another one. Cause I, really I was going to ask if you wanted more. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Would you rather get another one of this or would you rather get the 10th Jedi? I think I'd rather get the 10th Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, me too. This is good, and I enjoyed. I think one of the reasons I enjoyed it as much as I did once I got really into it is because it was so different, and there wasn't any canon holding it down. There wasn't anything I had to think about tying this into that or where this was going. You know, it was just what it was, and I think you kind of lose that if you start to world build past that. I think the end is beautiful, though. The Okay, so I, I kept this on here for for this. The Ronin laid the battered hilt of his lightsaber on the table. I offer what I have, he said, and he began to take it apart as she watched. I think that is the perfect place for some lovely prose. The yes. end, where we are just wrapping up the story. And it is very pretty prose at the end and the appropriate place for it. I just think that throughout the rest of the book, it is a little, it's not forced because it fits with the story she's telling. It's just, it doesn't fit for the feel of not for the feel of star Wars, but for the feel of trying to convey any sort of action. And I would argue while that was nice prose, it was still clear. And there were times I just don't think the writing is clear. No, but I don't know that that's the prose so much as her style of storytelling. I never quite act. It's kind of like with um, Chuck Wendig, like in a less extreme way. Yeah, yeah, um, much less. Extreme. I enjoy. I enjoyed Aftermath, but I never completely gave in to the way he wrote it. Like I, I enjoy the information I got out of Aftermath, and and I, I do enjoy those books, but I never, I never, uh, I never gave in to his style. I still did not. I still really didn't care for it by the end. Well, like if she wrote a book of poetry, I would read it. If Chuck Wendig wrote a book of poetry, I would run away. I would read that. I would read it. <laughs> yeah. But, but he, you know, especially if it's all like, you know, memorials to Tedman Wexley. Especially <laughs> if it's all got periods after every single word. It didn't like 100% win me over on the way it was told, but I did enjoy it. The one thing that I did not like about it, there was no lightsaber flute. Like, how are you <laughs> going to set up? We talked about it, but <laughs> yeah, look, it's true. They very early on gave away that the traveler was some sort of force user, if not Jedi, because he pushed Koru off the ship towards the very beginning. So we knew what was coming. How did they not make that stupid flute a lightsaber? Because that was going to be awesome. And yeah, just didn't do it. Maybe they saw Tatooine Rhapsody and thought it was too close. <laughs> it could be. We will be back with 
special guest, Gary Mitchell, and special book, Tarkin, by fan favorite, James Lucino. <laughs> yeah, by special writer. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we will talk to you all again soon. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh. Roger, roger.